Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Dungeons and Junkies presents Escape from Old Farm, episode 28. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Last time on Escape from Old Farm, the gang found themselves once again split apart as Wyatt and Furion were sent on a mission to find out what the phrase Venator et Prada 616 meant and they found themselves at Ferris the Unloved's apartment, trying to get some information from one of the oldest residents of Ganymede Central. Meanwhile, Avery found himself neck deep in a very dangerous jungle, hunted by blind hound-like creatures that tracked him by sound through the thick and tumble of the jungle, unable to escape Avery activated a latent ability, not knowing what would happen. And we dive in right back there to see what comes of it. Let's get into it. Make a perception check, Avery. Uh, let's see. Enough for 18. Um, so that plus 7, 18 plus 7. Avery, you feel grass on your back, your arms, and the back of your legs, and back of your head. And you realize you're laying down. And as you open your eyes, you stare and you're still, you look around right next to that giant rock. You're still in the clearing that you were in before, and you can see giant timer in the sky but two hours have passed since you last looked at the sky and as you sit up and you look directly ahead of you you see an eviscerated corpse of the hound the green hound that you had seen before its chest literally torn asunder. One of its legs clearly gone. And you can see that the jaw was clearly pulled too far apart as it lays in a gooey greenish blood mess about 10 feet in front of you in this clearing. And as you look down, you see your hands themselves are covered in the same greenish blood you're also sporting a massive hole in your still humanish hand your asimar hand the one that is in metal goes directly through and is almost dead center in the middle of your palm doesn't hurt though 
Fascinating. I was wondering what happened with that. Hmm. Anything on the body worth... The body in front of me, does it have anything that looks like I could use for components? Uh, you can make an investigation check. Uh, 14 plus 9. 23. As you stand up and kind of brush yourself off, you realize that you're basically covered from tip to tail in this green blood. It's everywhere. It is all over you. Your body is also covered in scratches and scrapes. You also seem to have tentacle imprints from charred spots of being hit with whatever. And as you get to the body, you see that the four tentacles that are on the body, you can actually kind of still hear the like crackling of energy around them. And you can see that the tentacles, though the creature is dead, still seem to hold some power. It's amazing. Try and investigate, see what that does next time. Maybe I can control it or something. Alright, back into the forest. And I will start heading into the forest where he was. So, like, the direction that he was from. I'm heading that way. Awesome. So, you're just going to head back uh, into the forest? Yeah, I think so. Not doing anything with the house with the body? You didn't have any think of real use on it, did it? Just body parts, really. Hmm. Actually, do I have vials? Is it, is is there any blood to this at all? Uh, just the green blood that you seem to be covered in. It's all over. Is there any dripping from the body? Oh yeah, I mean it's in a pool of its own. It's it's quite a fucking mess. If you didn't know what this was before, since you saw it come into the clearing, you wouldn't probably know what this was at this point. This is a mangled body. I have some vials, so could I take a sample of this and put it back in my bag for later? Sure, you can take a vial of the blood. Say violent monster blood. As you are doing that, uh, one of the tentacles actually kind of moves as you're like trying to, you know, pick up this blood and actually hits you on the hand, and you feel the electricity kind of go through your hand again. Still, no matter. Bad tentacle. And I'll bag that and head it back into the forest. All right, back into the jungle you go. I need a survival check then. Um, for 19 plus three. Avery, you begin to make your way back through the forest or the jungle as I were until you finally, you reach back to the riverbanks, uh, back to, you 
are pretty positive. You can see a blood trail pretty close to the river, so you know this is about where that panther you saw get taken was taken from. That was my original direction, so I think I'm gonna actually continue back up that pathway. All right. Uh, I'm gonna stay on this side of the river. You're gonna try and cross back over the other side. I'm gonna stay on this side, but my coat's given that my coat's a bit ruined by this fly. I'm gonna leave it here. Maybe like try and mass the scent, like take them off the um, beaten track to where I'm actually going. So me jacket, oh, that's kind of ruined by all this blood. I'll throw it into the um, forest and go about it. Sure. Uh, as you take your jacket off and you toss it into the jungle, you once again hear those clicking noises. Not very close, you don't think, but off in the distance, you can definitely hear a set of those yeah. clicking noises going off. So I throw that into the forest, hold my breath, and just start light-footedly making my way up the river. Sure, so are you actually going to go upriver like the original way you were going, or are you going to go back downriver? Just so I'm going to continue going up the river, I think. All right, so you're going to keep heading west. All right, uh, you keep on uh, heading west. Make me another survival check, please. Fuck. There goes me along. Uh, seven. Avery, you're making your way along the banks of this river. The sounds of different animals and creatures all around you constantly just kind of just the cause and different kind of growls and buzzes all constantly kind of just mingling into this single like noise of this jungle at all times the rushing of this river going by kind of blinding you to any actual like sound sound and you're going along just kind of making your way every once in a while hazarding a guest back into the jungle seeing if you hear anything and you keep going and going along this river till you reach a lake. It's clearly feeding this river. And you find yourself at a massive waterfall. Probably 90 to 100 feet tall, cascading over the side of this cliff, feeding into this massive, what would be best considered a lagoon at this moment and then feeding into this rushing river. Sorry, explain that area one more time. You are standing at now the banks of a massive lagoon. So basically a huge pool of water. It is, I would say, at least 100 feet wide. And you stand in front of a huge like cliff face with a waterfall that is coming over. The cliff face itself is probably about a good 120 feet tall. Can I see this? Taking a good look at this waterfall, does it look like there's any caverns behind it, or does it look like it's just a solid rock face? I mean, the waterfall is a good 100 feet from you at this moment, as oh, right. for, it's across the lagoon, So, and with the amount of water that's cascading over it, you aren't really sure at all. Oh, so I'm making my way around, I think. Sure. Uh, make me another survival check, please. Seven. Make me a perception check, please. Eighteen. Eighteen? Yeah, eighteen. 
the sound of this crushing of the waterfall and all of this water hitting this lagoon is just so fucking loud. Like, you can barely hear anything over this noise. It's, like, deafening with the amount of water that's coming over and splashing into this lagoon. Clearly why the river is running so much. Like, there's just so much water coming from somewhere that is creating this. And so you don't hear it at first. But as you're making your way around the side of this lagoon, you can suddenly hear the clicking noise. And it's getting louder and louder. And as you make your way, you realize not more than 10 feet to your left, standing in the jungle, is the original gray-skulled hound, or gray-colored-skinned hound that you saw originally. And as you look directly at it, it makes a clicking noise directly at you, and you see the little red membranes vibrate. As I will need you once again to roll me initiative. Okay, that's much better. That, that's another natural 20, so 23. All right, you will be going first on this one, Avery. What would you like to do? You stand about 10 feet from this hound. Uh, to, uh, behind you is a massive lagoon, and you're along the banks, so really your you know, movement is either to continue along the banks or go at this hound, but it's up to you. I've still got my long sword, or have I just got the axe? All you have is that hand axe. Okay. I'm gonna draw the hand axe and pull my ring. How much of an action does that cost me? Drawing the axe and putting on the ring? Uh, we will say that you just basically had the hand axe at the ready. I won't make you use anything on that, and your putting on the ring will be your free object interaction. Bonus action blades on goods. I'm just going to waste them. Realistic. At this point. Um, and I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ready myself by the water because he's going to lunge in a minute. So I want to sort of try and like use my action to try and bait him, jump out the way, see if he dogpiles into the water. Because I want to try, for one, I want to try and measure how deep it is. Number two, that will knock him off balance, is my intention. All right, I haven't so got enough to strike this guy. So you, you basically want to use your action is to prepare a dodge? Yeah, so like ready. Yeah. Like, be ready for a dodge. Yeah? Okay, that's fine. Uh, well, with that then, since you want to do it that way, what I will do is we will basically do an opposed attack off. And you roll an attack, and I'll roll an attack. And if mine's higher than yours, then we will say that the hound hits, because the hound is definitely going to dive directly at you. And if yours is higher, we will say that it doesn't hit. And the hound just glides right by you. I have to ask, is this dexterity I'm using? We will say this is a dexterity-based attack oh, as you God. are trying to be more acrobatic than, you know, you're not trying to catch it and toss it. Oh, 
me. That went straight off the thing. Oh, that's not super high. Is it? Maths. Plus seven is... Still a 24. Avery, you locking, I guess, eyes to membrane with this gray-skinned hound. You stare at it as it snarls, its massive long tongue kind of lolling about and like that licking at the grass as these tentacles kind of snap. And you can hear them sizzling the air around them as the electricity kind of just exults from them. It and dives forward at you. You, in a last bit of uh, smartness, duck under and you can feel the ring of speed. You almost like watch this all happen in slow-mo as you duck down and watch this hound kind of gracefully fly over you as it flies and splashes into the lagoon, disappearing for a second before you see it resurface about 20 feet into the middle of this lagoon, kind of paddling. You can see it as it begins making the clicking noise again directly towards you and little membranes vibrate. Uh, But that will end its turn. So it is once again your turn. Okay. God, it's a whole lot harder being a wizard when you don't have spells. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do I have to hand? Or do I have to hand? With this ring, I can dash as a bonus action, can I? You know, dash as a bonus action? Sorry. As, yeah, with this ring, I can dash as a bonus action, can I? Correct. Okay, so with Blade Song in that, I have 70 feet of movement, so I'm just going to double dash, use bonus action and full action to dash twice. And uh, where are you going? Uh, so it's it's all forest around, it's not like a cave at all, is it? Correct. I'm going to... One last question. I know I keep asking a lot, I apologize. Um, With the waterfall, is it like rocks going up it or is it just like completely flat and then it just goes up dead 90 degrees? Uh, It's it's most, it's basically a 90 degree uh, wall. It's, I mean, craggy and rocky. As if you ever seen a cliff face with a waterfall going over it, the you know water does beat down the rocks a lot. So there's definitely like handholds, but it's a it's a ninety degree incline where like you're going forest and then wall. So there's nowhere to really get high ground on it. I mean, there's trees all about you. You know, I'm going to head into the forest first, I think. All right. So you're just going to dead sprint into the forest? So is the water slowing him down a bit as he's, like, paddling back? Uh, It does look like he's not the most amphibious of creatures. All right. I'm going to use that time to get into the forest because I have a plan. I do have a plan. I want to dash into the forest using the two dash using bonus action and full action to do two dashes. And then when I get to a clearer bit of the forest, I want to hide behind a tree and 
tell you what, I'll say I want to get there. So I want to use both ash actions to dash, and then once I get into a clearer bit of the forest, hide behind a tree, and then I've got a plan for that when I get there. Awesome. You then dash off into the forest about 100 feet in, find yourself in a small little clearing, nothing like the massive one you saw before, but probably a good, you know, 10-foot circular kind of squarish pattern of a clearing of where there aren't doesn't seem to be trees, and you take up a hiding spot. Uh, I will say that you do have one, it'll take at least, it'll take one full action for the hound to get you. And uh, we'll say we have two, you have two actions before the hound will get to you. Okay. Uh, does this, any trees around me, do they look climbable? Like a good hiding spot? Um, it's a pretty dense jungle. These jungle trees would probably at least all 15 feet foot tall. So yeah, they're all definitely climbable. We don't all know right. if you could climb them, but they could definitely be climbed. Okay, I want to try and climb the tree I'm at first. Sure. Uh, make me a, an athletics check then. But I hate this. This is one of the few I rolled for. That's not bad. So that's a 17. Uh, we will say you make it up the tree without much issue. I set it at 15, so... Uh, and uh, which that do you want to like at the start of the clearing where you entered the clearing? Do you want to set uh, climb that tree, or you want to go on like the back of the clearing? Uh, I'm gonna say I want to try and get my throw to be pretty clear, so I'm trying to get myself to the edge of the clearing. So you like you've gone through the clearing and then you climb the tree. Yeah, so I want to be like right on the edge of the clearing but the opposite side. So where you would think yeah. it would come in, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, so you do that. That'll count as one of your actions. And you can take a second action. Then. Second action, I am going to... First thing I'm going to do is take off the ring for a second. Because I'm trying not to keep the arm for too long. And then I want to... At this height, I want to see if I can spot an area that looks... Looking at the tree line, I want to see if I can spot an area that's not too far from me, that looks fairly dense. Uh, looking out into this, you can see this is a massive, dense uh, forest. And besides where you can see where the river clearly runs through it, and a couple like patchy spots where there might be some openings and clearings. This is just a packed in jungle. Okay, so anywhere works really. Right. Okay. Now I'm gonna wait until. Can I hear him swimming from this side, or just making a lot of noise? No, all? you can't. You can't hear the hound at this moment. You're beginning to, as you the clicking noises are getting louder as you know you climb the tree and everything like that it's definitely getting closer to you okay um as i hear him getting slightly closer what i want to do is i take the um rock in the adamantium arm and i want to give it the most almightiest yeet in a completely opposite random direction to where i am not into the clear like further into the forest okay 
make so me another athletics good. check. She as I can. There we go. Come on, dice. That is eight. That is a 16 all in. Avery, as you turn from your perch in this tree and huck this rock as hard as you can, you see it fly through the sky before crashing down. And you, in the distance, can hear like a little bit of crack, crack, crack of the noise of this rock smashing through some branches. Just as you do that, you look down and you see the gray-skinned hound make its way into the clearing. And with that noise, the membranes turn and it sprints off towards where you threw the rock. And you're left alone in your tree. Let's see, what else do I have to hand? Hmm. I'm gonna listen, holding me breath to keep as quietly as I can. I'm gonna listen until he sounds like he's the furthest away. You wait, it takes about 10 seconds and then you can no longer hear the crashing or the breaking of bushes and branches of this hound running through. Okay, once I can no longer hear him, I'll, like, slowly make my way back down the tree, trying to just keep as quiet as I possibly can at this point. Make me a stealth check. I will take that. Uh, dirty 20. Dirty? Yeah, dirty 20. You make your way down the tree quietly and land without a sound back in the clearing. As you look up to the sky, see 10 hours have now passed. You take a long breath out as you realize there is still a long way to go for yourself. But with that, the camera zooms out of a <sighs> sighing Avery in the middle of a jungle, kind of smash cuts back into a stone apartment, kind of creepy, with a lich sitting on a very nicely hewn stone chair, sitting across from a sparkly elf and a human detective on a stone couch, kind of looking into the air. Well, what it means is Venatore Prada, Predator and Prey. Again? Predator and prey. Oh, predator, predator and prey. Yeah, the the six sixteen thing. That's that's weird. That's it reminds me of a it's like a a verse, like you know, and <gasps> like they always have those. Like in all those stupid religions. That's what I'm trying to think of. Religions. Vivian, in the in the dimension I come from, they have um, holy texts, and one of them, and in several of them, for one particular religion, they they have things. For example, where it'll be like the title of it, and then it'll be like. Um, 
316 or 421 or things like that so maybe the 616 is to do with like a better term chapter and verse of a holy text very admittedly my knowledge of religion is my family going to church on certain days for appearances i see i see um so is maybe prayer to and pray is a religious related religious text um but as so that might actually help us maybe track down where he is ferris thank you for you is there anything else you could tell us about do you happen to know when you text like a lot of those lines or not really i've I've never heard the line before, so not not anything I know of. Sorry there, Wyatt. I do appreciate that. Appreciate all your help that you've given us. Thank you. Yeah, you're uh, welcome, I suppose. Uh, I guess uh, I'll be seeing you around. Absolutely. And in fact, um, let's do breakfast tomorrow. My treat. Uh, well... Uh, okay, I, I guess uh, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow then. Absolutely, I'll meet you downstairs uh, about eight, okay? And we can we'll go for breakfast. My treat, least I can do for um, you helping us out. Thank you very much, mate. Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess I'll uh, see you see you tomorrow. As uh, don't don't stand me up. I don't intend to. If plans change, I will get word to you. But nothing I can see would make it change a moment. Uh, all right, all right then. Well, uh, yeah, I guess see yourselves out and uh, have a good one. Just wrote Thank you down, your help. Just wrote down my book. <laughs> breakfast with breakfast at with Ferris. <laughs> <laughs> he, he sounds great. Why the dick? Oh, shut up, Alex! Nice meeting you there, sparkly one. <laughs> nice to meet you. Why we'll, uh, we'll leave? <laughs> All right. So you both uh, head out of Ferris's apartment. Uh, what would you like to do now? Right. We need to find somewhere which would ha- which would give us the. Which would get us the information we need because if the elf is repeating this over and over and over, there has mm-hmm. to be something to relate to it. Is prayer to and pray actually a holy text or is it something more? Damn, if only Varian had taken Clara instead. <laughs> Right. We could go back and let Bart know this, but Bart probably thinks we're just wasting his time. Depends how much you're going to sass him if we go back, I suppose. Not, I won't sass him. But at the same time... The luck Varian gives you says he doesn't believe you. But at the same time, I'm not entirely sure that he, um, that us telling him what we translated it to is going to help much. We need to find someone who has knowledge of this sort of thing in general. 
Um, I'm just going to quickly check my maps. No disrespect to Ganymede. This seems like the sort of place where you'd be hard-pressed to find religion. True, but there may be... (laughs) Just studying the map intently. (laughs) The The place I would look for is... Um, <clears throat> some form of um, library or bookstore. There's Wesmart. Hmm. Well, given they have magical things, though, they may as well have books. They may. They may do. They need. It looks like a pull in the right direction. If we don't, we'll head, let's head there first. Detective Virion away. <laughs> right, following. <laughs> All right, uh, so you guys are going to head to Wismart? Yes. Hmm? Uh, it's just one street over, over on Elm Street. Doesn't take you too long to get over there. And you come outside of the very box warehouse like exterior, the gray bottom half of the building with the blue top half within big white letters just written Wizmart over the top. And you see a large set of sliding doors opening and closing as people are going in and out of this large store. Uh, it reminds me of home. We have a strange home. Uh, we've, we have a place with a similar sort of uh, a similar sort of name but they just sell everything you don't need. Yes, that is me in Walmart. <laughs> I repeat my earlier statement, you have a strange home. <laughs> in any case, um, I open the I, I head in through the door to Wismart. I follow, kind of aware I'm grasping at straws with this suggestion, but it's the best I've got for now. Sure. Uh, you both buy it first, enter through the sliding doors into Wismart, a temperature controlled area. You can immediately feel the air cool to a nice, wonderful, comfortable climate. As you walk in, fluorescent lights everywhere. You can see lines and lines of shelves in this massive store. And you walk in and see in a blue vest, a all white, like golem-like creature with just a circular bulbous head with just a giant smile on it. No eyes as it, welcome to Wismart. Have a wonderful day. Ah, good, good, good morning. Good morning. Um, I, I, we, we need to find something specific. Can you help us? Welcome to Wismart. Have a wonderful day. Where is customer services? Welcome to Wismart. Have a wonderful day. Let's follow the signs, Wyatt, if there are any. <sighs> Wyatt, well, can, can I look for a customer services desk? Uh, yeah, you look about and there is no customer service desk. As you walk in, you look to your left and you see just lines and lines of shelves and they're all just labeled from A to Z and then start in another language you don't understand and keep going around. And then you can see directly in front of you is a line of what look like registers uh, that just have the same smiling like golems all standing at them, just smiling and waiting as you see people like 
checking out different kinds of little objects that they seem to be paying for and then taking and walking past you. And every time someone walks by the golem, thank you for shopping at Wismart. Have a smiley day. Okay, this is actually worse than home. I was going to ask if you had anything like this. This is terrifying. Similarly, but actually, you guys have a conversation. Like, they're, 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 they're not complete drones, but they sort of seem to be nothing but drones. Right. Um, I'm going to start heading towards the P section, just because I've got nothing better going on. Okay. Um, what I will follow while looking up, if there's anything in particular, like if there's any signs on the ceiling saying like which aisle is like is like tomed or something like that. Uh, you both walking towards the P aisle, you reach it and you can see that under the giant letter P, there is potions, potables, and potent objects. Mm. And as you look down the aisle, you can see that it's just lined with a whole bunch of vials. You can see odd, like different shaped objects that it, and you can feel as a magic user, Virion, that there is definitely magic coming off of everything in this aisle. That's unsettling. I get the feeling that we're not gonna find one down the P section, unfortunately. Maybe what about the off, like religious texts? That might work. I didn't realize that. I thought it would be more literal than this in a place like this. I've never been to one of these places before. It, it's, sometimes it can be that literal, sometimes it may not be. Uh, White will stride off to the R aisle. Uh, you make it to the R aisle and you look up and on the sign it says rats, roaches and reptiles. And as you look down the aisle you see just dead animal carcasses filling this one. All dried, some of them. You can also see vials that look like red liquid all under all of them. Right. If a dr- I turn around, is Vivian, has Vivian followed me or not? <laughs> Still making his way down, kind of looking at everything on the shelves. I- Be for books? <laughs> Maybe B for books, yes. Blind leading the blind. A little bit, yes. <laughs> Back to the beginning of the <laughs> alphabet, as it were. <laughs> A for ah. You turn back, walking, and you're now starting to get weird looks from like some of the people who are shopping, but most of them just pay you no mind as they just go about their business, pulling things off the shelves and filling their carts. You do see more of these smiling golem-like creatures walking around in their blue vests, just smiling at people. Have a wonderful day. As they keep going, you make your way to the bee aisle, which says beetles, bot- botanicals, and bobbins. And as you bobbins. look, as you look down the aisle, you see a whole section of uh, insects, and you see a whole aisle of like thread as well. So I think we're not going to find it here. Yeah, and the people who are in this store probably aren't going to be any helpful to us either. Seeing as literally they're just like over and over repeating the same thing. Um, Parking us out of Karen because I've never had this opportunity before, but I'm not going to. Okay, um, 
Is there anything you knew you were in here, Vivian? Or not really? Not that I can think of. Right. Does anyone you work with know much about religion? I'm not um, even sure this is religious. Huh. Maybe Miss might know, but Miss might know what it refers to. I mean, Miss is uh, very smart. You'd like yeah. her, mm. I think. My guess was going more on the spell Avery used took him out of this plane of existence. Is it something to do with the number of the plane? Anything like that? Hmm. That's quite possible. See, he could be anywhere, technically speaking. I mean, if he's on a different plane, he could be anywhere. How many planes of existence even are there? Infinite. That's helpful. Pick a number, double it, you're not even halfway there. If it's the end of anything and everything can come through All Farm and Ganymede. <sighs> you may not even be in All Farm. Most likely not. Right. Where to next? Right. Maybe time for some good old fashioned detective work. I'm just gonna find someone on the street and ask them if it actually if it, if it means anything. Isn't that called harassment? Not if you've got a warrant. I put up my warrant card. I will take your word for that. Asking the question is fine. I'm not interrogating them. But I mean this with all respect, but are you sure? Oh, it, it'll be fine, Vivian. It'll be fine. What's the worst <laughs> that can happen? As you've both been having this whole conversation inside Wismart, as you haven't left yet, you suddenly feel a very large presence behind you, and you suddenly both turn to look at one of these massive white golems with its smiley face. Is everything smiley today? Having any issues? Well, not having an issue. We're just um, looking for something in particular, and we don't know if we can find it. Have you ever heard of Predator and Prey? Sora is for shopping, not for loitering. Please, find your objects, pay for them, and leave. Have a smiley day. I think that is our cue to go. Okay, we shall, we shall take our leave. Thank you. And have a smiley one. day. You have one too. Have a smiley Next day. <laughs> okay, just go, just go, just go. Almost pulling Wyatt along now. <laughs> um, we leave with Mart. The uh, golem at the front watches you leave. 
Thank you for shopping at Wizmart. Have a smiley day. You too. Come back here. Right, so you're going to start harassing people. I'm not going to harass people. I'm going to ask one person. I look for someone who is intelligent-ish in the crowd. Well, apparently I can't read because I've just glanced at my math and seen something. What have you? Num- what have you seen? I've Number missed. twelve on the mat. On the map. Oh, for love of. <laughs> Chad, Chad was just sitting the whole time thinking, like, they're going to see it in a minute. They're going to see it in a minute. Well, it's like when you're looking for something in specific, you just always glance past it. It is the case. Uh, I'm still going to ask someone, though. Fine, intelligence wizard, everyone. I'm still going to ask someone, though. Anyway. Uh, roll me a d4 there, Mr. Wyatt. It's a four. Wyatt, as you're exiting Wismart, you actually almost walk directly into a very long, white-bearded uh, human who's wearing a blue uh, speckled robe and is carrying a multitude of scrolls. Oh, what? Hey, hey, hello. I'm, I'm sorry to uh, disturb you. Well, of course you are, sir. What can I do for you? Um, I'm sorry to disturb you. Uh- I'm just asking, I'm, I'm, I'm with Ganymede PD. I flashed my card. And so I, I'm just... I, I'm, well, I'm sir, I didn't... I have not done anything. All of these no, no, scrolls no. were purchased on by the finest means. I bought them all with the uh, blood rubies. I do not I, wish any problem from the Ganymede PD. I, I, no problem at all. No problem. I'm, just, I'm on a case. And I was wondering if you look like a man of intelligence. And I was looking to try and find some information. I was wondering if you've heard of something. And if not, then that's fine. Quiet. Yes. Sorry, sorry. I think he's got the wrong person. Oh, 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 oh okay. Um, sparkly individual there. Thank you. Then, well, um, is, is that all you need from me? Yes, that's all he needs from you. We're so sorry for bothering you. Oh, uh, tally ho! Then have a good day. He scuffles past you. I was so close to finding out the answer from him. Uh, there's a church here. I thought you'd lived here for a long time. Never been to a church, in fairness. I don't think I'd be very welcome. Neither would I, but let's go. Let's go to the church. Aaron's slightly worried he's going to start burning the second he steps over the threshold. All right. Uh, so the two of you are heading towards the church. Yeah. Yes. Don't know how between the two of us, we both missed it. Uh, I admit, I tend to skim read everything, which does mess you off a few times. The two of you head down Elm Street, back through the main square of Ganymede Square, around to Arlington Road, to the Pellington Cross Church, which also just so happens to be directly across the street from the Ganymede PD. Just throwing it out there. So Wyatt has walked by this church basically every day for 500 years in getting to work. Okay, Aaron's that was nothing that... but his eyebrows go up. Okay, now you are just sassing me, Chad. <laughs> I'm not sassing you, Matt. 
I am sassing Wyatt. You both uh, make your way through the crowds and you step to the front of the Pellington Cross and you step over the threshold into the area and you see a massive sprawling, and I don't know if you guys have these in the UK, but if you don't look them up, what would be best considered a mega church as it is multiple single story buildings all connected and you can see all different types of people milling about going in and out. And as you step onto the grounds, you actually hear a loud uh, announcement voice go over. Ellington Cross, services on the hour, every hour. Make sure to get your donations into the plates. Private sessions available. The Father is willing to talk to all. The Pellington Cross wishes you a holy day. And you see at the front of this massive mega church is a 30 foot tall kind of tower that everyone seems to be the main entrance with a huge cross at the top of it. All adorned, the entire building itself white, except adorned in like gold, all of the lacing of all the windows, the framing of all the doors, gold, and just, it feels very, oh, as you step onto the Pellington Cross grounds, as everyone is kind of walking around. And for one of the only times that you have ever seen it in Ganymede, you see people actually kindly like greeting each other with a like handshake. Hello, hello, good to see you. Good to see you too. Oh yes. As they kind of mill about and all head their way into Pellington Cross. Okay. Wyatt well, looks around, looking a little bit uneasy, should we say? He's not, he's not, he's just got so used to people being abrupt and rude in getting me. Hmm. Someone actually walks. Oh, excuse me. So sorry. So sorry. I didn't mean to bump into you right there, sir. Have a blessed day. And they uh, give you a smile and they kind of hurry past you. Not a problem. Thank you. Well, I haven't burst into flames yet, just by stepping in here, so that's a good start. Vivian, you're a good person. Mm, depends on how you define good, I suppose. Not vicious? That's a very, very broad category, then. <laughs> <laughs> two o'clock service will be starting in two minutes. Two o'clock service will be starting in two minutes. Should we just service or should we just try and find the Holy Father? Is there anybody who looks, for lack of a better term, official around here? Uh, Virian, as you look, you actually not more than 20 feet up to your right, standing at the edge of the path, kind of waving and greeting many people as they go by with a whole stack of pamphlets in their hand. Seems to be a very smiley, bald, older man wearing all white, long robe. Oh, yes, have a blessed day. A blessed day to you. That's, uh, I get he's the guy, I guess. If nothing else he can tell but to look. Let's go. Why it will 
briskly walk towards the, the bald old man. Oh, hello there. Good day. Good day. Um, Pamphlet for you? Thank you. Why take the pamphlet and pockets it? Pamphlet uh, for you. Thank you. I'll take a pamphlet and actually look at it. I will, I will read it. I'll read it at my le- at my leisure in a, my, in a little while. I, I I am here. We are here on, on some sort of business, unfortunately. Um, could you help me with a little something, please? Um, I don't know how I address you. Is it Your Grace, um, Your Majesty? No, no, I, I'm just merely a priest here. I'm, I'm not the father himself. He's, the, the father is too wonderful to even be me. You, you can address me any way you wish, son. It is any way you wish. What is ever most comfortable for you? Okay, um, tell me the holy texts that you, you read from here. Is there any part of that which is predator and prey? That's, that's an interesting question. Um, we use uh, many, many religious texts from all across the many universes here at the Pellington Cross, and we read from all of them. Um, let me think. Predator and prey. Hmm. If it helps, apparently it's Latin. Hmm. Yeah, we did have Latin where I come from, but I never studied it, unfortunately. They stopped doing it when I was at school. You see, they really seem to be thinking deeply about this. That doesn't, it doesn't ring a bell. It seems, doesn't seem to be religious in nature. If I were to take a stab at it, what did, did, what was the reason you thought it to be religious? Because of the numbering that followed it, we were given the Latin translation of Predator and Prey and the um, the number after it 616 oh well I, I wouldn't assume that it was religious in nature but that that numbering system is quite common from multiple realms so you, you might be looking for a book I, I don't believe it would be a, a religious text of ours, though. Okay. Where would you suggest we look for such a place which would have the book we require for that? Where oh. would you suggest we start looking? Oh, um, I... Well, that's, uh... Whew, that's a good question, son. Um... Two o'clock service is starting. Two o'clock service is starting. Oh, oh my heavens! I, I, I'm sorry. Um, I must go. I must go. I'm, I'm late already. Uh, please, here, have another pamphlet and uh, have a blessed day. And you see, he kind of pushes past you as he sprints towards the entrance to the church. Why is everybody in such a hurry? Whilst Wyatt was talking with the priest, is there anything of use in the pamphlet? Viren's been looking it over. 
the pamphlet on the front is just a picture of the actual, uh, like the tower you're standing in front of. And it says the Pellington Cross Church, uh, just on the front in massive white letters. And when you open it up, it's actually just basically a map of the mega church. And you can see that there are multiple different like outlying, like little sanctums and such on the outside. And in the middle, there's a massive like religious space where all the major sermons are held. Um, and then it's just kind of just literature about the fact that all religions are welcome and that the father welcomes all. And then on the back is a picture of the father himself, uh, a portly older uh, white human man uh, balding with just the most vibrant green eyes though. And you can see it even in the photo of him on the back of this pamphlet that he just has the most vibrant green eyes, but also just a very, just welcoming smile. And even looking at his picture on the back of this pamphlet, you do feel a little sense of, you know, happiness, just looking at it in calm and comfort. Hmm. I don't trust him. Really? No, unfortunately, when unfortunately this place is maybe very mistrusting of people. I mean, my experience of this type of place is very limited. I didn't think people like myself would be allowed here. Yeah, um, there are all sorts of religions, not all of them good. I mean, I mean, I mean, what, why have they got his pamphlet out and looking through it? I mean. I mean, look at some of these. I mean, look at this one. I mean, every religion you could ever think of is in here. Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism. This one here about a fox? What the hell? I mean, who I can't really judge people's lifestyle choices. Who worships a fox? What kind of idiot would do that? Somewhere in another dimension, a dragonborn starts crying. <laughs> Everyone uh, around him is like, for God's yes, sake, not I'm again. Yes, I'm aware shambles, Chris! <laughs> As you are both having this... <laughs> the timing of the, of the heckle was perfect. As you are both having this conversation, you both realize that you're now alone outside, and the entire crowd that was out here has all made their way inside. And you can still hear the hustle and bustle from the main streets of Ganymede, but in this area, it's almost eerily quiet as you are now alone, standing in front of this massive megachurch. Well, there's nowhere on this map where they keep, like, religious texts or anything like that. Or even books in general. Because I'm starting to think we may be barking up the wrong tree. I just kind of followed Wyatt into this one. I mean, unless you're going to be booted out, we could still ask somebody at your workplace, since I should imagine they've been here much longer than you, some of them. Well, it can't hurt, I suppose. Wyatt turns around and crosses the road. Wyatt, quick question. Yes. I'm not going to be arrested if I step in there, am I? Not with me, you won't be, no. I don't think you'll you be in general, to be fair. Hmm. But even, but even so, not with me, you won't be, no. As you both turn, and Wyatt, you about to 
put your foot out onto the street to cross, your communicator suddenly goes off. Hello? It's a text message from Bart. As you look at your gem, have you found anything yet? We've translated it, but we're not entirely sure what it means. Come back to the Duke of Albany. Tell me what you found. Don't do it over the communicator. Roger. Off we go again, I suppose. Yeah, let's go get a drink this time, hopefully. I've got a funny feeling that I've just heard what a massive goose chase. We should have come back there in the first place. <laughs> I love it. I love everything about it. I am glad that you guys are exploring more of Ganymede Square. Wyatt's a great detective. <laughs> Wyatt Pauly is. Matt, however, is not. <laughs> I so need Caitlin. <laughs> With Matt, there's his own devices. He's a shocking detective. <clears throat> You both turn left out of Pellington Cross and head back uh, down Arlington Road to the main square, making your way right, making your way back around to Cornetto Boulevard before finding yourself right outside the Duke of Albany once again. Go in again. Why it follows again? You enter into the Duke of Albany, and. Bart still sitting at the same booth he was before, kind of stares at you two and motions for you to come over. You can see at this point there's now three empty mugs in front of him. I go over and sit down at the table. Or at the booth, rather. What? What? With the slide in next to Vivian. Which one are you? Which one is here now? Ah. Hmm. Uh, Soblin! Soblin! You see a little goblin runs out with an S on his uh, little vest uh, he's wearing. Yes? Ugh. Uh, another one. Another one for me. You two want anything? I'll pass, thank you. Whiskey on the rocks, please. All right, we'll try this again. Okay, yeah, get him his drink. All right, what have you found? It's... It translates to predator and prey, the first part. It's Latin, a language that I never really come across myself. Quiet, have you? Uh, Latin is is it's almost like a lost language. Almost no one really speaks it in the dimension I come from. I mean, there are texts about it and things, and several holy several holy um, texts are in that language. But for the most part, um, it it's a forgotten language nowadays. Um, so, yeah, I I had no idea. Thankfully, Ferris was able to translate it for us. But we've had we've been trying to uh, crack it a little bit. Any ideas yourself, Fair? But um, so, so Latin. That's the language. Yes. Did you learn anything else? Well, we've learned that it 
there's nothing specific about it at the church. Why'd you go to the church? Wyatt believed it might be related to religious texts, the 616 number. Latin is, a, is commonly used in religious texts on Earth, so I thought it might give us a starting point. I'm just wondering if it's related. How many, how many other planes of existence are there, Bart? As you both talk to Bart here at this moment, you suddenly see almost like a light bulb go off in Bart's head as you say the thing about the multiverse and why it talks about the books. Oh, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. You dumb little fuckers have figured it out. Okay, um, okay, uh, we're gonna have to, ooh, yes, yes, all right, all right, um, okay, I know, I, I, I know what we need to do. I know what we need to do. Uh, oh, shit, ugh. We need a, we need an expedition. Okay, okay. All right. Um, I don't need you guys for like maybe an hour or two. Uh, just uh, you go do whatever you want. Um, I have to. Yes. All right. All right. Good work. Good work, you two. Good work. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Just give us a shout when you need us. Oh. All right. Get yeah, get, get yeah. out of here. Get out of here now. No, go 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 go. Okay. Don't. I, I have things to do. Okay. Right, it goes right. Um, right, motion to, to to get his scotch on, on the way out. The goblin uh, gives you a like cockeyed glance as he sees you getting up and leaving, and pours the whiskey out on the ground once again. No to go drinks. Baron's at the door at this point. Why will follow? Looking, looking a little bit pissed off. <laughs> okay. Uh, but with that, we are actually going to be switching back to Avery for a moment. But before we, the next time we come back to both Virian and Detective Wyatt, I will tell you, you guys do have about an hour of free time. So if there is anything that you would like to do or go to on the map, you can think about that now. And when I come back to you, we will do that. Yeah. Yes. Do I still, um, I know it's kind of messering slightly because of the special episode, but I still get free drinks at the Jade Panda. You 100% definitely still get free drinks at the Jade Panda. And that's why that's where you and Cal were hanging out way back when, because that's the only place you had any money for, because you were broke as shit then. I will take Wyatt to the Jade Panda so he can get that drink. Yes! Awesome. Uh, and yeah, if there's anything else that you would like to do, or if we just want to RP that when we get to that point, it's definitely allowed, but we will come back to you in just a moment. Meanwhile, Avery, it's been about two hours. You have been playing cat and mouse with this hound that has been stalking you, throwing stones, hiding in trees, back and forth. You run, you go. You find yourself, however, once again in the large clearing with the corpse of the first hound. You're not really the best in a jungle. You don't really know why you chose this as your favorite terrain, as you didn't spend much time growing up in jungles and keeping track of your path through this dense and thick forest. It seems to almost grow back as even when you walk through it, it's been a fucking trouble. 
you find yourself back in the large clearing standing next to the boulder and the mangled corpse of the green hound. And suddenly you hear the clicking noise. And through the left side of the clearing, the head of the gray hound comes. And see its tendrils touching everything as it's moving through the tall grass. But what would you like to do? Does he see me yet? Uh, you are actually on the other side of the rock at this moment, so it, it you don't really know if it's seeing you, but it doesn't seem to, you know, made any contact with you yet. I have to say, if I was playing Zorin at this point, I would literally just run at it. But... <laughs> uh, wizard stuff, let's think. What do I have to have which isn't magic? moving closer and closer, now moving through the tall grass. You can see its tendrils kind of wicking as it's ripping out pieces of grass as it's moving. The clicking noise is going off more and more as it's making its way through this large clearing. Now I'm going to get ready for a surprise attack because what else have I got to lose at this point? Alright. Um... How far away is he from me? Uh, at this point, he's probably 10 foot from you. And if you think about it, you're in a big circle right now. And you are basically in the middle of this. And this there's about a good eight foot boulder that's in the middle of this clearing. Okay, so I'm gonna, since he hasn't spotted me yet, I'm going to like just sliver behind a tree holding me breath to keep quiet and I'm going to activate my blade song ready for um, a fight okay um, make me a stealth check I threw, that, I threw my dice on the floor one sec god damn okay um, that's another 19. So that is... 20, 21, 22. 22. Avery, you watching this hound kind of, you know, hunt through this tall grass, tendrils moving in every way, you begin to quietly try and make your way towards the edge of the clearing. And it goes well, the hound doesn't seem to notice you as you're kind of moving in parallel directions, but away from each other as the hound's kind of moving this way around the circle of the boulder to its left. And you're now moving straight away from it. And you make your way and you're into the edge of the forest behind a tree. And the hound continues to make its way circling around this clearing. It'll pass within about five feet of you here in about 30 seconds. As it 
get to that point, like when it's like there in front of me, gonna strike just strike down. Fuck it. Let's just let's just take it on. Alright. Uh so you're gonna try and strike it with the hand axe? Yeah, try and take like a surprise attack at it. Awesome. Uh roll me an attack. We're gonna try and push me luck here. Um a surprise since it's a surprise attack. Do I get advantage on it, or am I, is this just a normal roll? You know, this is a surprise attack. I will give you advantage on this. Thank you. Thank God you did. Okay, um, that is a... 18 plus... 18 plus 7. 25 to hit. All right. The other that, one was a 4. <laughs> uh, that for sure hits. Uh, so roll me a damage. And as I said, you could feel that this hand axe was quite sharp and so light. The hand axe is actually made of adamantium and is quite strong. It does 2d8 slashing damage. And because of the sneak attack, we will say that this is an automatic crit. So you can double the damage right away. 2-8, so... Um... 16 on that. Do I add my dex to this, or is this a strength weapon? Uh, this is a dex. Okay, so 2 eights is 16, 32 plus 3, 35. 35 points damage. Avery, from your hidden position, and just as this grey hound sneaks by, you, like a demon in the night, pop up from behind the tree, and when this hand axe bury it deep into the side and shoulder of this hound and it like roars and you actually hack one of the tentacle uh, tentacles completely off as you see it like like it bends down and takes a whole heaping amount of damage and kind of skitters away from you bleeding heavily from its right arm where the tentacle was severed from but at this point i need you to roll me initiative Okay. Fucking 18 again. Um, 20... 19, 20, 21. Avery, you will be going first. Um, what would you like to do? It's skittered about probably 15 feet back, so at this point it's now maybe 20 feet from you. Staying in front of you, its tongue kind of just licking about the air as its teeth are just all mangled and it's it's definitely injured you can see that it is gushing blood from its right shoulder and its right arm definitely like it's putting more of its weight on its left side okay at this point the ring goes back on my finger is the reaction um obviously this arm the adamantian arm has a um like a um, blade that protrudes from the top half of it can I draw that out? Yeah. Because I'll probably want to do... I'm just going to, like, straight up two-weapon fighting, just attack it twice with the axe, and then offhand bonus action, just straight up stab it. Sure. Uh, I will allow it. You can charge the hound and roll me two attack rolls. Right, so for the two attack rolls with the axe, that is a... One of them might be a miss. One... Oh no, I don't know. Lowest is an 18. Oh, they both hit. 
yeah, an 18 and a 20. 17 plus 6. Sorry, 16 plus 7. Yeah, wow, well, roll me some damage. So Just the D4 for the... your hidden blade. Yeah, okay. So the axe is 2d8 per hill. So... Oh, I should probably roll for that because that was an offhand weapon, wasn't it? Oh, that's that fine. You, you can just say that both the axe and the hidden blade hit. Okay, so I rolled the two hits for the axe. Uh, so the first swing with the axe is five. Fifteen damage. You don't need to keep talking anymore because you swing forward with the axe. You just charge right at this hound and you just bury this axe right into the like membranes on its head and you just see green blood splurts out and it just slumps down with the axe you kind of just falls from the axe as the hound lays dead in front of you even heavily as i pull the axe out this row used to enjoy this this guy the forest And with that, I just take a moment to breathe, I guess. Look up at the clock above me. Uh, it is now 13 hours. No. 14 and a half hours have passed. Of the 72 hour span. It's not been that long. Not really. Hmm. You do feel a massive rumble from your tummy as you realize you don't need to breathe, but your body, these 14 and a half hours of traversing a jungle and avoiding these hounds have really taken its toll and you suddenly realize that as you're standing there taking a moment in this clearing. Uh, DM. Yup. Just, I was just looking at me sheet to see what supplies I actually had. And as a reborn, it says I don't actually need to eat or drink either. You don't, you don't need to eat, drink or breathe and only need four hours of sleep and is fully conscious and, and are fully conscious while sleeping. Well then, son of a bitch, your stomach doesn't give a fuck. It doesn't even work anymore. It just rumbles because I because I think about cake at this point. All right, I, I've, I've got to make a I've got to make that a more obvious note because that's right at the bottom of the page in quite faded pen. Uh, Sorry. About that. Well then, with that, uh, what would you want to do? You're standing in a clearing with two bodies. I fill up a second vial with from the other body, which only leaves me with one vial left after that's empty. But I'll take it. Yeah, it's the exact same as the first vial you filled up. Yeah, I'm intrigued to study this. See what I can do with it. Um, and. 
Well, I've always been going up the river, so I think I'm going to go back to the river and follow it down. Cool. Uh, make me a survival check. That's another, that's another 19, so... Um, 20, 22. Uh, it takes you a moment to discern the path back, but after a little bit of trial and error, uh, you make your way back towards the river and begin to make your way down the river, cutting through. Uh, can you make me another survival check, please? Uh, 12. Then. You keep, keep on heading down river. Eventually, though, as you keep going, you reach a fork and the river actually diverges into two separate paths. And you can see now that there is another hunk of land that's in front of you that you would have to go across the river. And the river at this point actually widens to about eight feet as it forks and then creates two separate diverging paths of water. How fast does is uh, does the river flow faster on any side in particular, or are they both at the same sort of speed? Uh, it looks basically at the same speed, uh, without actually you know getting in there and trying to actually discern that. Uh, it looks that both sides are rushing at about the same speed. You do see mm. bits of white cap water as it going, as this water does flow very fast. And it's a um, it look at the lowest points is a six foot jump between either side of the river. Uh, yes, uh, before it splits off into the fork, you end right at about a six foot gap, and then it clearly it spreads out much more right at the fork. It's about a 12 foot gap there as it diverges into two paths, but then each of the diverging paths of the river are about eight foot gaps across. Okay, so I'm going to take a few steps back and at one of the low, shallower points and jump back onto the side I was originally on. Okay, uh, make me an athletic check. Then I'm going to follow that side down. Holy shit, holy shit, please. Uh, flat 15. Uh, once again, you jump across the river without any issue at all. Landing on the other side. Take that. Start making my way down this side. Oh, before I forget, I need to take off that ring. As you, as you take off the ring, you you do feel a bit of energy escape your body, and you do take a point of exhaustion. Right, I need to find somewhere to rest, really. All right. Uh, what would you like to do now, though? You are on your original side of the river. And you are still right next to the fork, as, and you are much farther south than you were, or west than you were before. East. East. Yeah. I'm going to start heading down this side of the river. Alright. Uh, and that kind of veers, so it's more of a uh, northeasterly kind of path at this point. Uh, so you begin to follow down the river again. Uh, please make me another survival check. Ooh. Uh, 11. 
Avery, as you make begin to make your way down this path of the river, can I please get a dexterity saving throw from you at disadvantage? So I dropped a natural 20. My lowest was a 14. Avery, you're making your way along this new side of the river. And as you're going, the you know breadth of the gap across actually seems to widen. And as you're going along, it's more of a 10-foot gap in this portion of the river from bank to bank. And as you're looking at that, you don't notice hanging from one of the tree branches, a snake as it is hanging there, and you get too close, and before you realize it, you feel fangs dig into your neck, and you will be taking four points of piercing damage, and nine points of poison damage. As you can feel venom dig into your uh, as you can feel fangs dig into your neck and venom begin to course through your body. I'm resistant to poison. <laughs> oh, you still take half of it then. Okay, so um, what was that in total? Sorry? Uh, I think half it would have been 7 points of damage was 14. So 7 points so, of poison damage. 7 and points of poison. 4 points of piercing. Points of piercing... God, I love this wizard health. Uh, right, okay. Um, as he digs out, I'll using the adamantium arm, I'll just pull him off. Uh, quite easily, you just rip the snake from your neck. I'm not a dick, I'll throw him back into the forest. You hear it, some snapping of branches as the snake snaps through some trees and such, landing far away, and you yeah. I was tempted to throw him in the river for a second there, I thought, oh, he's only doing instinct. What he would in, with instinct, so throw him back in there. And I'll carry on. Alright, uh, make me another survival check. And this will be a disadvantage. Oh, shit. Critical one. Avery. You are 100% resistant to poison, you feel, and you were okay for a moment after that snake bit you, and you walk about five feet, and suddenly your vision goes just slightly blurry, and your right foot kind of slips, and then you kind of wobble, and you fall. And I will immediately need three constitution saving throws from you. Grab a third dice. Oh, damn. My low rolls are coming in. Highest was a 13. Next up was a 10. Oh, no, never mind. An 18. Plus two, so dirty twenty, thirteen, and a ten. Avery, you splash into this rushing river, going deep under the water for a second, realizing this is a very deep river. Before your body naturally pulls you back up, 
to the surface and you have just enough time at the last second to see the rock that is coming directly for you and your adamantium arm with a reaction you don't even realize juts out pushing you off of this rock sending you spinning farther down the river unfortunately your back is to the next rock and you slam the back of your head rocking against a rock and yes i meant that pun fully and you your eyes go completely sideways for a second you can barely see anything as water flies into your mouth as your foot pushed farther down river and suddenly your head slams into another rock you'll be taking 15 points of bludgeoning damage and your vision goes completely black as you are knocked unconscious from the second rock meanwhile back in ganymede square we find Detective Wyatt Stanton and Virian at the Jade Panda. A odd blue demon with odd ram-like horns singing in a key that is far too high is squalling out something on stage as the two of you sit at the bar. It's not packed in here. Demons aren't the biggest for karaoke, but it is, you know, there's a fair amount of noise and people in here. But Betty and Jessica always make sure that Virian's drinks are full at any time they need it. Virian's not a massive drinker, so he would have been ordering four Wyatt's, basically. Another! How many have I had during this point? That's going to be my next question. Which dice are we rolling, DM? Ah, roll me a d12. He <laughs> just sits there and sips his water. So rarely get to roll a d12. That is a crit 12. You've had six beers, three whiskeys, and four different shots that you aren't really sure what we're of. Make a constitution saving throw, please. You've considered drinking some water at any point in this past 45 minutes or so. I'll let you know in a minute. Constitution save, yeah? Yeah. 23. You... The loudest, nastiest burp ever erupts from Detective Wyatt Stanton as you ask him, Virian, if he's considered having any water. What the hell? Doing fit. Oh, jeez. Good day, I got that smells. To be fair, this is good beer. I wouldn't know. I don't drink. Why does uh, your why did that why does that smell like a sewer? I guess just the, waving its hand around. I'm guessing the combination. Smell. I'm guessing. I guess the mixing of drinks. Another. Fun You've fun. had enough. I'll tell you when I've had enough. Please cut off. If he's getting drinks now, he's paying for them. <laughs> Jessica and Betty both look at you like, 
course, Virian, of course. Did I ever tell you about oh, the time? Virian looks into the camera as it burns. At the time, I ended up dying. You actually didn't, no. Martin! The bastard! Yeah. Talk about another time. You don't want to hear that. It's like being at the bar with a much, much worse version of Cal. No, Varian is sad because he misses Cal. If there was more time, Varian would try to get on the stage. Yeah, there you go. Thanks mm. for singing with no pressure. Maybe I should slow it down a little. I think maybe you should stop and consider having some water, maybe some coffee. I don't know. I'm not really <sighs> a drinker. I don't know how these things work out. Do we have time to stop by, um,. What's it called? McDougal's on the way back so I can force some fries into Wyatt or something. <laughs> At this point, you get a text on your communicators, your communication gems, and it says, meet at the hatchery. 30 minutes. Come on, Wyatt. That's enough for you for today. No, 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 no. One more. Wyatt. Do as you're told now. Fine. You're beautiful, you are. Why, if he wanted to drain his glass and, and then jumped off his uh, stool to follow. Right. Uh, did you want to stop by McDougal's before you go to the hatchery? You do have half an hour. I it's think it's kind of on choice. the way. I think was my choice. Was going to go wherever Vivian drags. <laughs> I will sort of half drag Wyatt to McDougal's and say, I'm just going on what I learned from Cal, but how about you go in there and buy something to eat? Because I think Bart would be less than impressed if you turned up like this. Um. I will get that if you come in with me because you're my best friend, you are. Fine, I'll go in with you. (laughs) (laughs) Someone does wolf whistle at Virian as you leave the bar. Virian's embarrassed now. You both head out the door of the Jade Panda and you make your way back down Woodland Road and you do go past uh, Cloverfield Lane, but that's okay. You have a little time. You make your way over to Mulholland Drive and to the McDougals. All right, come on. You have to be quick. Okay, okay um, let's think something, I suppose. Coffee! Coffee, good. You enter through the front doors of McDougal's into... I'm here! A massive barracks-style 
like mess hall. And you can see there's just lines and lines of tables off to your left. And you see in front of you a huge counter with lines of different creatures, all wearing uh, red and yellow striped vests with little yellow hats on top of their heads, all standing in front of registers, taking orders from all sorts of different creatures and handing out food. All right, come on. Let's get you something. Try not to make too much of a scene. Are you having anything, Vivian? No, I won't be, but let's get you something. Oh, come on. Welcome to McDougal's, home of McDougal. What can I get for you? What would you recommend for someone who's had way too much to drink to sober up quickly? Coffee. I want coffee. Another one of these, you say. All right, a double McDougal. And a coffee. I want coffee. And I want medieval meal. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't understand the words coming out of his mouth. Medieval meal. Yes, yes, that's what we're getting. That's what we're getting. <laughs> that's what you're getting, boy. It, it comes with an axe. They don't have any axes at Wyatt. They don't have any axes at the moment, but we'll come back and get you one another day. Right. Curly, we've got somewhere to be quickly. I want curly fries. Uh, double McDougal and curly fries. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> I'm, I've never been that drunk in my life to actually do this. I'm living it. A double McDougal, curly fries, and a coffee. Okay, welcome to 15 Blood Rubies. Okay, well, I was going to rummage through his pockets. And probably pull out maybe 25. <laughs> oh, we thank you for your tip, good sir. <laughs> thank you very much. And he grabs all the rupees from your hand and puts them in the drawer. Your what? order will be up in a moment. <laughs> and he goes away from the register, walking to the back before appearing almost instantaneously with a bag and a coffee in his hand and pushing them in your face. Your order. Thank you. Right, you're gonna have to eat dust along the way. Right, come on. Okay. Thanks as always for stopping at McDougal's. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better already, you know, Vivian. And and Wyatt will walk towards the door confidently. Make me a deck right. save. Yeah. At disadvantage. <laughs> I am dexterous, but not that dexterous. Katie's gonna look at the back and say, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I dropped the nat 20. So it's a 7 plus 3 is 10. Virian, you watch Wyatt turn around. Uh, you thankfully are the ones who grab the bag and the coffee because Wyatt turns around, takes three steps, and tackles a little old lady as he falls <laughs> over. Uh, just, oh, good sir, get off of me! <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm just like, face, I'm just... Sir, sir! <laughs> I'm picturing Wyatt being face first in her, in her lady cushions, but the same time I'm <laughs> Good sir, I am a lady! This is nothing going on in a McDougal's! Please, sir! 
Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> bright red. Oh, God. Oh. I need water. <laughs> Where's he? Where? Where's he? Um, where did they get the Red Knight? I'm not saying it wasn't the part where Wyatt was face first and an old lady's cleavage, but there you go. Please, sir, remove yourself from my bosom immediately. <laughs> Wyatt will roll to the side on his back. I have never in my life been so offended as you see her stand up. I will never return to this establishment ever again. And you, sir, will hear from my lawyers. Good day! Name, name's Jason Portman. Oh, Jason, you will feel the fury of my lawyers. It's not Jason. Wyatt whispers to Come on, him. up you get. Well, Wyatt will get back up and uh, uh, motion for the coffee. I think I may need that a little sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna be at work tomorrow, and then I'm just gonna get the mental image of Wyatt accidentally motivating an old lady. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Escape from all farm. Escape from all farm. Subtitle for motorboating. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did I do to deserve my all of you? <laughs> oh, you're loving this chat, admit it. Ah, <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <laughs> anyway, what? Well, <laughs> Having necked half his coffee, will um, shake his head a little bit and then begin and then leave slightly red face. Slightly red face. I wonder what Damien's reaction would have been if he was here and saw all, all that go down. Murder? Right, how about we don't speak of this, at least for a while, because that was... Be hilarious <laughs> and get back to Bart before he kills us both a second time or something. Good plan, good plan. This is why you are clever, Vivian. You are possibly the only person in any dimension to think so, but thank you. This is why we are a team. This going to steer Wyatt back to the place. <laughs> Wyatt is shoveling fries down his... Two of you make your way out of McDougal's with basically everyone staring at you as the lady's screaming was quite loud and did draw quite a lot of attention to the whole situation. So everyone, it's one of those situations where everyone just kind of watches you leave. They don't say anything at all. They just kind of let you pass, but I'll give you odd looks, especially you, Wyatt. But also you veered for being associated with him. You exit out of the McDougal's back onto Mahalan Drive and make the just quick jaunt 
around the corner, over on to Cloverfield Lane, back to the uh, Golden Crane Hatchery. And you find yourselves outside the converted schoolhouse once again, as you make your way to the front door and step inside the large chamber that is the, I guess, greeting room for the Golden Crane Hatchery as you step through the doors and can feel the anti-magic walls around you. And suddenly you hear, Oh, hello, Virian! How I have missed you! Oh, yes, Bart. Yes, I'll let them in. It's fine. I just, I love this little part. That's why I said I would take this job. Fuck off, Bart. And who? Oh, Detective Wyatt. I have heard of you. You're an interesting one. And you suddenly... Why, why is it wearing, why are they wearing dark glasses? <laughs> Wyatt pulls out sunglasses from his inventory that he definitely didn't have before, but somehow has now, and puts them on. <laughs> it, was, it was anything, anything but hell wrong with it, it's fine. <laughs> you suddenly see the door to the right swings open as you hear... Son of a bitch, Bart. I was going to let them in. Fine, whatever. Yes, come in, come in. Bart is impatient. You go in, I guess. Yeah, White will go in, finishing his coffee. You step into the uh, lunchroom area of this schoolhouse and look to your left and you can see both Bart and Knives sitting in the office. Uh, Knives... Clearly looking a little perturbed at Bart for letting you in so quickly and ruining his fun. But you can see Bart is seemingly looking over something that he has laid out on the desk. Why will uh, head over to where Bart is. He doesn't want to keep him waiting. Hopes he is sober enough. Awesome, yeah. You both easily make your way around and through the side door into the main office. Well, it took you two fucking long enough. Sorry about that. We we, we um we encountered a little trouble, but it's all sorted now. <sighs> Why? Can you make me a deception check? Crit twenty four. You see, Bart lifts his head from whatever he's looking at and looks at you. He sniffs the air. Why does it smell like French fries, alcohol, and old ladies' perfume in here? Aaron just looks at Wyatt. Like I said, there's a whole thing. It doesn't matter. It's solved now, okay? Right, what have you found, Bart? What can we need to keep, we, as you say, times of the essence. You see, Bart just kind of stares at you for a moment, but decides it's not worth his time since you did roll a crit on that. Otherwise, you probably would have gotten eviscerated, but Bart just stares at you for a moment before. Yes, 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 yes. I guess, suppose you're right, White. All right. Um, come, come, come over here. He waves you over to the table as you both step forward. <coughs> in front of you, you see a huge map. And in the center, you can see Ganymede Square. Okay. Well, you two, as I said, beautiful idiots you are, definitely stumbled onto this, but 
So, I guess I'll fill you in first. What we're after is a book. So, good on you for figuring that out and the whole religious text thing. Totally wrong. But, 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 you sparkly boy, sparkly boy. Multiverse, the multiverse. That, that is the key to our situation. He kind of stands up from the map and looks at both of you. We're after a book. It's the book is how I've only heard of it, but it, from what I've heard, it will give us the means to at least pinpoint where Avery is. And with that, I should be able to get him. But I, I'm, I've heard of multiverse theory, theory. But are you saying that we could literally, if we find this book, be able to travel between the different universes? Well, I mean, Wyatt, and I mean, if you aren't personally sent here, you can always travel between the multiverses. That's quite easy. This, this is Ganymede. And this is the basically the hub of everything. There are doors to everywhere out there, to anywhere and anywhere at any time. So I could get home. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! That's that's not how it works. You died and were sent here. You are not able to go home. You may go others, but you will never be able to go home. And plus, you, I'm going to tell you this right now. The actual traversing of the multiverse, as you will, if you will call it, requires a lot of work. Requires the finding of the correct passages. And most of these passages we don't even know about. Which is okay. why we, we need this book. Okay. So you know what book we need? Do you know where we need to find it? That is our second problem for you two, specifically. There's only one library in all of Ganymede. And it's in the outskirts. He bends back down to the map. And I, I will send this to the chat so you know exactly what I'm talking about. But he points to a spot in the upper right. District 2. The library is. You can both make an insight check real quick. Mm -hmm. 21. It's a 1901. You both can see as Bard's pointing the spot on the map that there's some trepidation in him as he thinks about the library. But you're... You're okay? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I'm, I'm fine. Fine. It's okay right. to not be okay, you know, right? Once again, 
you work for me. I thank you for your kindness. But please do never, ever once again try and psychoanalyze me. Wyatt. Secondly, the issue is with the library. No one has returned in over 200 years of being sent there. But honestly, it's the only place that if the book exists, it will be there. Okay, that's would make sense. Obviously, do you have a name for the book? Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, sorry. Uh, um, you're looking for multiversal history and practical applications by Everett C. Smythe. Everett C. Smythe. 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 Sorry. Multiversal thinking. Multiversal history and practical applications. I have already arranged for knives here to travel with you. Outside of Ganymede Square has become quite wild, if you will. <laughs> Things out there are quite dangerous. And I do not know what will await you out there or even what will await you once you reach the library. But Knives has agreed to travel with you and assist you. See Knives sitting at his desk. I eh, thought it would be fun. Thank you, Knives. Thank you. He's kind of splitting his or spinning his handgun about his finger. I'll be honest, it's gotten a little boring just hanging around this hatchery. Nothing's really happened lately, so yeah, I thought I'd go with you. It's always good to have a friend of anything, Vivian. Indeed. Okay, okay. Enough of this paltry shit. You have work to do. We need the book. If the book's there, we'll find it. Good. That's what I'm telling you to do, so I'm glad for you to do that. All right, let's go. You see Bart kind of stands up. He rolls the map up and you can see there was huge out on this table, but as he rolls it up, you see that it like kind of compacts in a weird way and is like pretty much hand sized. And he hands it over to Knives and he kind of walks out of the office and he heads towards the auditorium. We've already arranged transport, let's go. Away we go. Okay. As Wyatt um, follows Vivian, um, Wyatt says to Knives, what kind of transport? Knives uh, stands up from his desk and looks at you. What we always take, I don't, it's obviously chocobos, you fool. Fair enough. Gosh, you fucking detectives, you don't have any fucking knowledge. You've seen me riding around on my black chocobo many times. Come quickly. And Knives kind of puts his arm around your shoulder and begins to walk with you towards the auditorium. 
you try and be polite and you get thrown back in your face soon, don't you? You know, for being a detective, you sure aren't very smart. No one who's nice gets ahead here in Ganymede. And Knives kind of laughs as he's walking with you with his arm around your shoulder. It's a cutthroat dog-eat-dog world, boy! Guys, what, what looks at um, Knives for a moment and looks at Virion, then back to Knives again. Are you friends with Virion? No. But I like him a lot. Remember? I traveled with him once. He even helped save his life. Remember the cube? Good times. I do remember. You traveled with different people back then. Remember that sparkly one? <laughs> I remember that too. this point you all enter through the open auditorium doors and you can see already fully saddled two yellow chocobos front in front of you and also a black feathered chocobo also fully saddled come on your first choice go up to the nearest one i guess that isn't the black one Oh, yes, you can have either of the yellow ones. The, that black one is spicy, and that's mine. Okay, you're spicy. I'll have less spicy. I should, uh, call, you, I should call you Tesco. That's actually Bob, as he points at the one that you climb onto, Wyatt. Hello, Bob. I shall call you Tesco. I'll climb on the other one, I guess. And that's Rico. Just don't pat him on the head. <laughs> and knives quite gracefully climbs aboard the back of his black chocobo. All right. Well, let's go have some fun, shall we? Go find a library or something. You can see Bart giving annoyed looks in Knives' direction. This is a very important mission. Nice. Please don't fuck around. Bart, I really don't give a fuck what you think. You know we're basically on the same level, so fuck off. You just see Bart give him a very dirty look before he turns back to look at the two of you. All right, find the book, bring it back, and we can get Avery back and we can get this whole fucking shitstorm back on track. Okay. We'll be back as soon as we can. And with that, Knives grabs the reins of his chocobo, turning him to the left and heading towards the <clears throat> massive uh, gate doors that began to open out onto Ganymede Street and the three of you trot out onto Ganymede Street heading towards and down Cloverfield Lane before heading up Fleet Street and towards the north exit. Hoping to maybe find the library to help save your friend. 
Friend's a strong word, but help save Avery. But with that, that is where we'll end this week's Escape from Wolfham. Thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of Dungeons and Junkies. We'll go around the table now and give our give our socials. Uh, we'll we'll start with Chad. Oh, I am Chad, and uh, thank you for listening here. If you want to follow me on social media, you can do so at Chad's underscore Mind or at View from Top Rope. If you want to listen to me, you can listen to Visionaries Global Media. I am all over it on such podcasts as View from the Top Rope, The Chatterbox. So you're so smart. And this one, of course, Dungeons and Junkies, which we are listening to as we speak. Indeed. Caitlin. I have been Caitlin. I am always Caitlin. Caitlin is infinite. Caitlin sometimes writes articles about video games and mental health over on themindgame.org. I also have my campaign of D&D and eventually other tabletop games over there as well. Go look at it or look at my cats at Caitlin RC. Meow. (laughs) Kerry. I'm sure beans on Twitter. I'm also Carrie. I should probably should have said that first. Occasionally <laughs> I draw things. And when I actually do occasionally draw things, you can find them on Dun- the Dungeon Junkies art Instagram, which is just Dungeon Junkies on Instagram. Come on, you're a smart person. You can put two and two together. Five. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> and Alex. Hi, I'm Alex, and you can find me on Spiderbread UK on Twitter. You can find our main show at Game Junkies Pod, and you can find this ever-growing collection of physical pain, mental trauma, and just ever-growing madness at Dungeon Junkies. Indeed, you can. You can find me at Matt UK. Thank you again to everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for taking part. I'm Matt. I'm Alex, and I'm Kerry. We were Dungeon Junkies, and we're out of here. This podcast was brought to you by me, Chad, in conjunction with Visionaries Global Media and Mad Attack Productions.